Hey guys, this is Mike from Dallas Geek. Brad's over behind the camera somewhere. Say hi, Brad. Nobody cares, Brad. Hey, Brad. And we are here today with... Kimberly Fish and, from Longview, Texas. And we are here going to be talking about a couple of books that you brought with us, um, which I'm assuming you want to start with these guys. So these beautiful books. Whenever you're ready, go right ahead. What do you got for us? So I have World War II historical fiction. Okay. And what's really interesting about stories from the World War II years are finding out what we in America did to contribute to the war effort. You're talking about on the home front side, on the not front. on the war front the side. American okay. front. And I love being able to tell the story of Texas to Texans okay. about what our grandparents did during the war efforts and how they kind of rose to unusual and crazy big ideas to do something that changed world history. Sure. And um, the first novel that I wrote is actually called The Big Inch. It's the nickname of the pipeline project that was built from Long Beach, Texas to New Jersey. Okay. Um, and it was created because the Nazis were sinking our ship, our tanks coming out of Houston shipping channel. Right. 159 ships were sent on the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico when Roosevelt said, we gotta fix this problem. And he gathered together the most unlikely crew of people to solve this. That would be oilmen, um, who really didn't love the federal government. They're pretty much anti-government. Yeah, from what I hear, they don't really get along. Yeah, there were, there, was, yeah. there were some things like hot oil and, you know, the early days of fracking. Sure. And everything. But, but because our country was at war, they did something phenomenally good for the greater good. So they came up with this crazy big idea. They decided to build a pipeline from Texas to New Jersey. They had to build it going uphill mm. because crude oil is heavy. It always is, right. is sent downhill. They had to invent the hydraulic technology to push it up over mountains, rivers, lakes, seven states. They then had to find recycled metal to use because all brand new steel was, was going, going to build. The war effort. Yeah, going Tanks, to the war efforts. Guns, bombs, all that fun stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, and all the welders that had previously been working on pipeline projects had already been hired by these factories. Nobody was left to build the project but minorities and women. Huh. All trained to build this crazy big idea of a pipeline project. And the nuts thing is, they did it in 14 months. Oh. I don't know about you, Mike, but in my town, we can't even get a road paved in 14 months. No, I think they're still, they're still working on parts of Carrollton. That, well, it took them how many years to, to do the George Bush? Oh, I have a track. Yeah. <laughs> Years. Yeah. That's well, a road. That's not a pipeline project going across multiple states, right? Yeah. So they get all that oil to New Jersey and they escort it with uh, submarine uh, tanks mm -hmm. or submarines on tankers to Europe. And historians looked back and said, that's what saved the war. Uh, no disrespect intended to our soldiers. Sure, sure. But without oil, they would never have flown the planes, right. drive, driven the tanks. And so Texas oil saved the day. Yeah. That seemed like a pretty cool story to tell. Okay. And it's interesting in doing the research for all this, I realized that if the Nazis were sinking our shipping efforts, what would they do to a pipeline project built right out in the middle of America? I mean, this thing was two inches around in circumference and an inch thick with recycled steel, which is why I have the nickname The Big Inch. Right. So I'm thinking they would have taken that down pretty quickly. Oh yeah. So in my novel, I bring in the spies that were sent in to thwart those efforts and protect the workers that were building this project. It just so happened, I wrote about female spies because during World War II, so many young women were drafted to the emerging field and espionage network known as the Office of Strategic Services. And so bringing one of those female spies to Longview, Texas, a uh, town that was rich with all sorts of uh, money, booze, prostitution, running guns, all sorts of things because the oil boom had made that area just phenomenally wealthy overnight, right. uh, was an interesting dynamic. Okay. So that was a crazy fun story that absolutely led to the sequel. Okay. Because there were two World War II projects in Longview, Texas during the war years. 
The other one was an army hospital that was shipped in nearly overnight and staffed to treat long-term wounded from the war efforts with everything from malaria to uh, psychiatric issues to prosthetics. They invented the prosthetic technology that we still use today for eyes and hands and feet yeah. at this hospital in Longview, Texas. Interesting. And so the malaria developments that they created there were so pivotal and they were highly sought after that they brought the same spies that were working on that pipeline project to take care of the malaria treatment so that that didn't fall into the hands of the enemies. These are spy thrillers. Yeah. Fun stories. Okay. Um, and so that's a set of two. Are we yeah. potentially getting... Oh, yeah. We're not done yet. Okay. Not done yet. So these characters, uh, a lot of them are composite characters based on people that I researched. Okay. Um, so, so it's fiction based on... Fiction. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. And then some are invented characters, and the characters um, have really connected with readers because this is sto a story so close to our sure. age group. Right. And um, our grandparents, maybe parents, were involved in the war effort, so it's pretty easy for us to identify with the struggles that these characters went through. And I think it reaffirms to us what we're really capable of doing as well. Sure. I mean, we feel like we probably have a fairly um, soft existence when we think about what the war years were like, but they were living pretty soft before that too. And war changed that future and that outcome. So love that these stories are, are connecting with readers of all ages and that um, telling our own story is empowering and it shows us what we're capable of doing. And I love telling the story of what women are able to accomplish during the World War II years. That's fantastic. You've got two in that one. You said that there are more coming. Is oh, yeah. there, do we have a set of how many we want to do or do we already have ideas of where we're going next? I, I feel or? like I might definitely go through uh, the next book uh, and possibly the fourth. Because during all of this, and this is one of the things I highlight on because East Texas was crazy big with oil money, was the emerging golf culture that grew out of East Texas. I don't know if you've heard of the barbecue circuit, but East Texas and West Texas were uh, notorious for their um, golf tournaments that sprung up out of old dilapidated farms because the PGA was just kind of getting off the ground and all these oil rich guys were thinking, hey, golf looks like fun. Let's throw together a tournament. Let's go out and whack out. And let's gamble eight hours of money yeah. on this 18 year old here who knows how to, you know, hit. <laughs> A couple hundred yards. So that'll probably be book three, talking about that golf coach okay. that was uh, kind of coming to preeminence during the war years uh, because there really was a lot of money in East Texas. Okay. Have yeah. we started on that one yet? Yeah, I might have done a little bit of research. Okay, cool. Yeah. So not too terribly long before we get that I one, have hopefully. Not. I have not. Awesome. And then what was the third one that you brought for us today? So this is another novel that's set in Texas. Um, and if you're familiar with the Texas Hill Country, you know that when you get out of San Antonio and you're heading west on I-10, all your troubles just kind of roll away. The traffic folds back. All of a sudden you're looking at these gorgeous hills and you're really seeing a world that is so close to where we live and yet seems so far away. Sure. So it was settled in large part by German immigrants back in the late 1800s. And they formed all those darling little communities that we love to go visit when we can get some time off. And there's a distinctive architecture in that area, the farmhouses, they all have a iconic, uh, iconic look. And I used to live in that area. Okay. So I would drive out there and I'd see all those farmhouses and I'd think, hmm, I know there's a story to tell in those sure. walls. Well, I wrote the story that I think some of those walls would tell okay. um, about the early days of what it was like for those German immigrants kind of adapting to that rugged Texas hill country. Sure. And then I tell it from the story of remodeling one of those. So I okay. like to uh, frame this book with, if you've ever watched HGTV and you kind of get sucked into those stories of 
Home Improvement? I have never, DIY. never watched Flip It or Flop. Fixer <laughs> Upper. Fixer Upper. No, not, none of those. Fixer Upper is like. Oh, it's it's addicting. It's it addicting. really is. And so it's uh, very much what this novel is in book form. Okay. So it's a mental vacation following the antics of a contractor and an architect as they argue over how they're going to remodel this German farmhouse. And all the time, um, the story of the house wants to be told. Okay. So it's uh, it's actually a winner. I'm now an award-winning author thanks to the Texas Authors Convention where we uh, are. So that's not, we're, not, we're not spoiling anything, right? No, just kind of a hint. Okay, okay, okay. That cool. this, okay. Is, uh, this won the 2018 award for Best Historical Romance. Congratulations. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I would not have, uh, I was totally stunned by it. <laughs> but um, just wanted to say thanks because I appreciate you guys being here at the marketing conference and this oh, is a great way for us to talk about books and talk with each other about what's going on in our culture. And, and all three of these novels um, are set and celebrate uh, Texas the yeah. Texas culture and the crazy big things that Texas can do, Texans can do to change the Well, I mean, it, it sounds like you wrote on a lot of things that were very near and dear to you. And I think that's really good for, it's trying to connect with the younger generation of readers, you right. know, because we all have common interests. Why not do something that's personal to you because it, you'll connect with somebody else down the line kind of thing. So. Well, and if we don't tell ourselves our own collective story, how are we ever going to carry it forward? Right. And so we're only as good as the stories that we tell. Mm -hmm. And if we're telling true stories from our past, then that inspires not only us, but those that we share it with. And that's how we're going to make our future better, our change our culture, and uh, make good things happen. No, I totally agree. Did you want to add anything, Brad? No, I don't care, Brad. <laughs> Brad Just cares. Sip, sip your tea over there, Brad. Brad, Brad loves these kind of so, things. So, before we go, uh, if anybody watching at home, wait to everybody at home, I guess. Uh, if anybody watching does want to pick one of these guys up, where do they find them? Well, I have a website, www.kimberlyfish.com, where all these books and my new audiobook, which is coming out in August, uh, The Big Inch, go on audio, uh, will be available. And um, of course, Amazon is a great um, retail front for all of these books. But I'm pretty excited about that audiobook. It's yeah, it's a, a, couple, a couple of the authors we talked to have kind of talked about wanting to get into that. They all kind of make it seem like it's it's not as easy as a process as they thought. You know, it. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's as easy as you want to make it. There are options. Okay. And uh, one of the cool things for me in getting involved in the audiobook is that I was approached by an actress, a professional actress who had read The Big Inch, loved the story, loved the characters, felt like it was fast paced, it would be great for audio because it, it not only informs but it entertains. And uh, so she kind of approached me on several different venues about how we can make this book turn into an audio and we found a really significant way and right. after uh, hearing her take on the characters, uh, I was thrilled. She's going to do a fantastic job. I think readers um, who like to listen to their stories, sure. uh, maybe they're stuck in drive time on those uh, George Bush. Um, yeah, or in the office. <laughs> or multitasking. Um, we'll find this really uh, entertaining way to, to learn a bit of their Texas story. Awesome, awesome. I mean, you said that's coming in August. August. Yeah. Okay, so wow. So like right around really the corner. Too. Yeah, really quick. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you guys do want to pick up her books, like you said, you know where to find them. She just told you, but there's also going to be links down here somewhere, maybe over somewhere down here in the description below. Um, so make sure that you guys go and pick them up. And until next time, this was Mike from Dallas Geek. Brad's over there somewhere. Uh, and thanks again for your time. Oh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate yeah. it. Take care. You guys take care. Bye.